This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 22nd of December. In your Squeeze today, the juries are out on Elizabeth Holmes and Ghislaine Maxwell. Cancellations and COVID. Mr Big gets dumped. And keeping the kids entertained. This is your Squiz Today. Starting in the US this morning, Claire, as two very high-profile criminal trials wrap up and the juries head off to deliberate, we're talking about Ghislaine Maxwell and Elizabeth Holmes. We've mentioned each of them several times on the podcast, so it's worth taking a look at where their trials stand as of now. Let's start with Ghislaine Maxwell. She's accused of grooming young women for her billionaire boyfriend and accused sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, and what prosecutors in that trial said is that she was a sophisticated predator, uh, that she groomed those girls and that she brought them into the lives and the homes of herself and Jeffrey Epstein uh, and built a special relationship with them to make sure that they trusted her uh, and eventually agreed to give Epstein massages that turned into a lot more than that. Uh, Of course, a lot of these women uh, were underage at the time. Uh, Maxwell's lawyers, though, maintain that she's the government's proxy uh, for those crimes committed by Epstein. If she is found guilty, she could face a life sentence. The other case that jurors are now deliberating on is that of Elizabeth Holmes. She's charged with defrauding patients and investors in her biotech startup Theranos. Yeah, and what prosecutors say in that trial is that she knew that the technology behind that company was a dud, uh, but she lied to investors anyway to keep the company alive and scraped in millions and millions of dollars to keep it on the road. Her lawyers, though, argued that she didn't purposefully uh, mislead those investors and that she believed that she was building a company that was going to change the world. If she is found guilty, she could face up to 20 years in prison. It's a case that many are calling a defining moment for the tech industry and startup culture. Both trials have been years in the making. They involve high-powered people. There are podcasts and books that have been written on them. We'll be standing by for both of these verdicts. Two words that are starting to be coupled together quite frequently are Omicron and cancellations. The World Health Organization is advising people to cancel or delay holiday plans to help stop the spread. It's something that the Queen is doing. She's cancelled her traditional Christmas in Sandringham this year. Here at home, though, we'll see what National Cabinet will bring today, but it's unlikely to be any lockdowns, Claire. No, Prime Minister Scott Morrison says that's not on the cards, but what he is going to do is present the experts' strong recommendations uh, to reinstate or continue those indoor mask mandates. Depends on where you are. Some states and territories already have them in place. Uh, Also on the agenda is the idea that maybe booster shots and the rollout could be sped up, so uh, a shorter time between your second dose and that booster shot. Something that will be driving a lot of the discussion today at National Cabinet is modelling released by the Doherty Institute that shows Australia is heading towards 200,000 new COVID cases a day by late January, early February. That's without low to medium restrictions like masks being reinstated or maintained. Hospitalisation rates could also rise to up to 4,000 a day, according to that modelling. 
On to politics now, and the AEC, the Australian Electoral Commission, is taking Liberal MP Andrew Lamming to court over his alleged failure to label social posts he published as authorised political content. It's a rule that came into force in 2016, but it's the first time the AEC is putting it before the courts. First up, Claire, take us through why authorised political content is a big deal. So when you're watching TV and you see one of those election campaign ads and it has that really urgent voice at the end (laughs) talking very quickly (laughs) about who authorised the ad for whatever party, that really is to disclose to us that it is a political ad. So you need to look at it through that lens. Uh, And updating with the times, as you say, that law was updated in 2016 to require social media posts to have that kind of disclosure when they relate to electoral matters. That is something that the Electoral Commission takes very seriously. Uh, And as you say, the first time it's going to court over Andrew Lamming's social media posts, he ran up to 35 different uh, Facebook pages relating to different matters in his electorate. Uh, But the disclosures on some of those posts were missing. He has apologised for the lack of authorisation on the posts, saying nothing is more important than the integrity of our political process. But as you say, the AEC take it very seriously. The penalty for a breach by an individual can be a fine of up to $26,000. Pundits say it's a warning to candidates ahead of the upcoming federal election to make sure that they're following those rules. On to international news now, and the devastation caused by Typhoon Ray on the Philippines is starting to become a little clearer. 375 people have now been confirmed dead and more than 50 are missing. The Philippine Red Cross are reporting complete carnage in some areas. Yeah, completely flattened some of those islands in that southeast region. Uh, What they say is that many, many thousands of people don't have access to food or clean drinking water uh, or power at the moment. So the urgency has really been lifted and they want to see more done uh, to try and solve that problem. While we're in the region, Malaysia has also been hit with some of the worst flooding it's seen in decades. 14 people have died and over 50,000 so far have been displaced. That death toll is likely to rise further. On to entertainment news now. Chris North, a.k.a. Mr Big of Sex and the City fame, has been accused of sexual assault by two women. He's been dumped by his management and now booted off a new series that he was set to star in called The Equaliser. Yeah, lots of questions about what happens now in his career uh, and also what happens with those claims that have been made by those women, whether that will actually make it into court. Uh, Yesterday, we heard from those three women from the Sex and the City franchise, uh, Cynthia Nixon, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kristen Davis. Uh, They issued a joint statement saying that they were deeply saddened. Yeah, they also said that they support the women who have come forward. Those alleged assaults are said to have happened back in 2004 and 2015. We're back with the scientific study again today, Claire. If yesterday we were discussing coffee, today it's all about sleep. A research team from the Paris Brain Institute says that a specific type of sleep can actually promote creativity. So essentially, in the process of falling asleep, you can literally get a brainwave. I've got a feeling these universities and institutes are maybe clearing their decks before Christmas. There's (laughs) quite a few of these coming out at the moment. They're giving us conversation starters for Christmas. 
Christmas conversation. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not ungrateful. <laughs> we love them. <laughs> um, what this one says is that, yeah, that sort of really light, um, non-rapid eye movement sleep is where you're really going to be able to be quite creative. And for those group of people that they went through in this test, uh, those that were able to hit that sort of sleep um, rather than a really quick deep sleep were able to solve some difficult problems immediately after their nap. Yeah, they were three times more likely as other people in the tests. What I loved about this article was that it, it brought up people in the past like Salvador Dali or Thomas Edison. They used to sleep with things in their hand so that they'd be jolted awake when they dropped them. So they'd stay in that Mm. light, non-rapid eye movement sleep. And then they'd have a better chance of harnessing or remembering that period of creativity. They both went on to produce some pretty incredible stuff. So if you're looking for your next strike of genius, maybe give that a try. Squiz the day, Claire, what are you keeping an eye on? So we've just passed the summer solstice very early this morning, so we're in for the longest day of the year. Uh, If you're in Sydney, the sun's up a bit before 6am and it won't go back down until after 8pm. Yeah, anyone trying to put small children to sleep, best of luck to you. (laughs) For me, it's the anniversary of Thomas Edison inventing the first string of Christmas lights in 1882. Not often we get to name drop Thomas Edison twice in one episode. It's a fair few Christmas lights around at the moment so I thought it was a good bit of trivia. He left it a bit late didn't he? He only had three (laughs) days until Christmas to get them rolled out. He needed to take that nap a whole lot earlier. (laughs) Before we go a quick message for parents out there with kids aged between 8 and 12. We're putting out some super fun content on the Squeeze Kids podcast to help keep the kids entertained during the school holidays kids versus adult quizzes shortcuts on the kinds of things kids love to hear about space weird and wonderful animals Roald Dahl the Marvel Universe it's all there three new episodes a week for $6.99 a month plus there's a week's free trial actually today's episode is all about Christmas traditions around the world so a good one to listen to maybe as you're looking at Christmas lights driving around and doing that I can't tie it all together better than that, so we'll leave it there. Find Squiz Kids subscribe at specials in your Apple podcasting app. Have a good Wednesday. We'll be back with you tomorrow for our final Squiz Today podcast of the year.